Hi, I'm John Mather, Nobel Prize laureate and senior scientist for the James Webb Space Telescope at NASA, and you're listening to The Soul of Life. Many of the parents would say to me, if you have children someday, would you want your children to go through what you went through? And uh, I would always have a resounding no, absolutely not. Just the dismount. Dominique Dawes is a three-time former U.S. Olympic gymnast and was a 10-year member of the U.S. National Gymnastics Team and part of the gold medal-winning Magnificent Seventh. It was just like there was no problem at all for Dominique Dawes. I stood on top of the Olympic podium, very incomplete, not happy, and never ever thinking that I was good enough. And that's the environment that I came from. She recently opened her first gymnastics training academy in Clarksburg, Maryland to prove that there's a way to care for children and put the healthy minds and bodies of kids first in contrast to what she calls a culture of abuse that still exists in competitive gymnastics in this country and around the world. In 2016, when a lot of light was really put on the sport of gymnastics and I recognized more so the unhealthy culture, I knew I needed to be a part of change and doing something about it. Dawes left her home at age 11 to move in with her coach and doesn't want other kids to lose their childhoods and their identities in the same way that she did in the name of perfection on the Olympic podium. She says her training experience took away her sense of worth and confidence in herself. It was full of a lot of tears, a lot of yelling, a lot of demeaning, a lot of being kicked out, their body language, their looks. We would get ignored from our coaches. That hurt us more than anything. Thank goodness she woke up from that terrible nightmare this morning. She does this the best that I've ever seen any athlete perform. Check out the height. Just watch where her hips are relative to the bar. Look at how high she is. Post-Olympics, Dawes became a successful motivational speaker for the last 25 years, but it was the indictment of former U.S. Olympic team trainer Larry Nasser in 2016 for sexual abuse that really affected Dawes. She wanted to do more in the community. She wanted to speak out. He was my Olympic team doctor in 96, as well as at the 2000 Olympics, and I knew him for nearly 10 years of my childhood. But her desire to speak up publicly about her own story didn't happen right away for Dawes, as she witnessed the difficulty that some of her teammates had with backlash for making accusations. This Olympic teammate of mine was very outspoken. and None of us got her back because we were all too fearful. We felt guilty being honest, and we felt as if, well, she's betraying the sport. Dawes has found the courage to lead now, and she is speaking out, contributing to the global effort to change the culture of gymnastics, starting with her own community. The floodgates broke, and gymnasts across the globe have been speaking out about their stories. The Dominique Dawes Gymnastic and Ninja Academy in Maryland is the result of Dominique's determination to set an example for healthy coaching. If it doesn't result in the Olympics or an NCAA college scholarship, I don't care. It is not about tearing a kid down to build them up. And that's what I went through as a child throughout my whole childhood. It's all about caring about every single kid that walks through the doors, no matter their body type, no matter what their aspirations are, no matter what their parents envision for them, every kid matters. Dawes is a powerful voice in the ongoing epic to save young children from being pushed by coaches or parents into unhealthy training programs. And she's making it all happen as a very busy mom to four young kids. You can see I'm looking at my um, three kids that are running around. The cool thing about this gym, I will say this, Keith, 
is it's a family business. She shares about her work with LeBron James and Maverick Carter as co-executive producers of a docu-series coming out this summer on Peacock about the women vying for a spot on the 2021 U.S. gymnastics team. It's called Golden. I'm excited to follow these Olympic hopefuls. It's not just about getting on the podium, but it's the journey that gets there. I can sort of tell she still gets a kick out of seeing the action in the Olympics, the beauty that unfolds watching elite gymnasts perform impossible Pradenova vaults or a Yurchenko double pike. Of course, Simone Biles will dominate. Welcome to The Soul of Life. I'm Keith Miller, and this is episode 18 of season two, Olympic gold medalist Dominique Dawes, Healthy Mind Gymnastics. I'm Keith Miller, and my podcast, The Soul of Life, is here to help you remember who you really are. I'll bring together people who have gotten off their treadmills. I'll have conversations with athletes, musicians, doctors, scientists, healers, and entrepreneurs to discuss the fascinating edges of our knowledge in neurobiology, psychology, and physics. This is the soul of life. Have you ever been in a position where you know that you or your family member really needs emotional support or marriage enrichment, but you find out how expensive it is to get access to high-quality, out-of-network professionals? Well, I've created the Soul of Life community just for this. At community.souloflifeshow.com, you can join for free and be part of a network of caring and supportive people having conversations that can bring healing to your soul. It's there that you'll find access to psychoeducational courses to deal with stress, anxiety, and relationship conflict. For example, right now I'm offering a seven-week immersive course for couples called Mindful Marriage that walks people through a mindfulness-based stress reduction curriculum I designed that really gives couples in conflict a map towards stability, trust, and deeper intimacy. Just go to community.souloflifeshow.com, check out the courses, and join for free to be part of the Soul of Life community of learners and soul seekers. Dominique Dawes is a three-time former U.S. Olympic gymnast and was a 10-year member of the U.S. National Gymnastics Team, the 1994 U.S. All-Around Senior National Champion, a World Championship silver and bronze medalist, and a member of the gold medal-winning Magnificent Seven team at the 1996 Summer Olympics in Atlanta. Dawes is also an inspiration to a generation of girls as the first African-American woman to win an individual Olympic medal in artistic gymnastics and the first black person of any nationality or gender to win an Olympic gold medal in gymnastics. In 2020, she opened a gymnastics academy in Clarksburg, Maryland, and is here today to talk with me about her storied career and her current work teaching young athletes to have a healthy mind and body and to have fun. Welcome, Dominique. How are you? Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, you know, just a little fun fact. You grew up in Silver Spring, where I've lived for the past 15 years. How exciting. Uh, just just north of DC, as a lot of people know, um, outside the Beltway. And fun fact, you know, it's former home to Dave Chappelle and Goldie Hawn, a couple other notable people from, you know, Silver Spring. Um, Tell us about the Dominique Dawes Gymnastics Academy. Well, I did grow up in the Silver Spring area. I feel as if we claim Sylvester Stallone too. I know. It's funny. Like, yeah, there's there's a grocery store that we go to and apparently, like across the street, it's right down the street from our house. And like, apparently that's where he lived. And people say okay. this and I, I really don't know. That's a big name that you forgot to mention. And I <laughs> went to the old Blair. So that's telling my age. So I went yep. to the old Blair and I know Goldie Hawn went there, maybe Connie Chung and a few others. 
Um, So I, yes, my roots are in Silver Spring, but my first gym location is way out there in Clarksburg, Maryland. But for those that aren't familiar, it's not that bad of a drive from Silver Spring. You just go up north on 270 and we are right across from the Clarksburg outlets. I never would have envisioned, envisioned ever at 44 years old, married with four very young kids that I would be embarking upon this journey. However, in 2016, when a lot of light was really put on the sport of gymnastics and I recognized more so the unhealthy culture I knew I needed to be a part of change and doing something about it. And so we opened our first location July 2020 in the midst of the global pandemic. So right. it's been it's been a challenge. Uh, but we had made the commitment prior to and the hundreds, actually now more than a thousand families that have come through our doors, they have really had such a positive experience, a fruitful experience. Um, their kids are getting stronger. And more importantly for me, they're getting more confident. And so it's all been worthwhile to have this family business take off. It's amazing to have uh, a go at this during the pandemic. How how has that been? Because you you rely on on personal contact, right? You're you're doing hands-on work with these gymnasts. Yes, many people were 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 saying to us, we are so sorry that you're opening your doors during these tough times. And myself and my husband felt the same way too, because Many people were afraid to come out of their homes. And so we were starting a business where we needed that face-to-face interaction and we were going to work pretty closely with their children. And so a lot of people were concerned and I understand that. And so week one, month one, month two, things were really, really slow where we would have one or two kids in a class and parents, some of them were elated because they were um, getting, their children were getting private lessons and that wasn't the plan. So uh, we've of course increased our numbers since then. A lot of our programs are waitlisted, but we are very COVID conscious. We make sure that kids are wearing properly fitted masks we take temperatures, we do health screening checks. Um, we do everything that we can um, to lessen um, a young kid's exposure. Um, but more importantly, we are focusing on building the self-esteem of every young boy and young girl that walks through our doors. And many parents are very appreciative of what we're doing and our philosophy and our mission in making sure that their kids not only focus on their physical health and emotional health, but also their social health. We've heard from so many parents how their kids are struggling emotionally and struggling socially. And they are desperate for opportunities like this. And and I'm thrilled and blessed to be able to provide something of this nature. It really is a blessing and a lighthouse for for the community. And and you know, our kids started school in 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 our public schools today. And oh, so wow. I know, yeah, just how stunningly like Needed. The need, the need is to get out there and to, and to have activities. So there's a way to do it. It's great to hear that you're finding a way to do it. And I think that's what we have to do is, is adapt. Um, you mentioned your, your, um, your experience in gymnastics played a, a role in, in, in deciding to open up. I mean, there's, there's gyms all across Maryland and in our county. Um, can you say a little bit more about what, how your experience fit into what you want to offer with kids? What do you want to do differently here? Well, I've been doing public speaking now for 25 years since after the 1996 Olympic Games. I never thought I would be a public speaker because by nature, I'm introverted. I never spoke up in school. And when I did the first time, I was laughed at because of my voice. And so I remember being a very timid child at school, but a little bit more explosive in the gymnastics setting. And throughout the majority of my speaking engagements, I would explain to the audience the road that it took, the journey and the level of sacrifice and the physical and emotional toll. And I remember whenever I would open the floor for Q&A, many of the parents that were in the audience, and this is prior to me becoming a parent, many of the parents would say to me, 
if you have children someday, would you want your children to go through what you went through? And uh, I would always have a resounding no, absolutely not. And I felt as if, you know, there were some positives throughout my journey uh, to three different Olympic games. However, the level of sacrifice, the physical and emotional toll is not something that I think is healthy for any child whatsoever. And so I knew even prior to becoming a mother that the culture that I was raised in was not a culture that I wanted for my future kids. Now that I am a mother of four kids, a seven-year-old, a five-and-a-half-year-old, and three-year-old twins, totally sleep-deprived, me and my husband are, um, I know what's going to help empower my children in life, lift up their self-esteem, and help them to become happy and healthy kids is not the culture that I lived in. And so that's really what has motivated me to start my first academy here in Clarksburg, Maryland. It's all about caring about every single kid that walks through the doors, no matter their body type, no matter what their aspirations are, no matter what their parents envision for them, every kid matters. And it shows my staff here are amazing. They're so kind. They're so, they're so courteous and they truly care. And it shows. And so my motivation was really saying, I don't want my kids to go through what I went through. Right. And so I want to build something different. And if it doesn't right. result in the Olympics, or an NCAA college college scholarship, I don't care. It's all about them being happy and fulfilled kids that grow up to become happy and healthy adults. I mean, you you found you clearly found your way through it, and you pushed through it. And I've even heard you explain how you, you're grateful for you know some of the things that that happened in your life. Maybe not having your parents as involved as you might have wanted, or or maybe you, that was a blessing. Maybe that that allowed you to be a, a you know a self starter and push yourself. Um, it also sounds like you didn't have, I mean, I guess I want to ask you, it wasn't like the Cobra Kai Academy, right? Like, <laughs> like this, you know, this popular um, karate kid sort of redo yes, that's I've been on right watching now. on Netflix. Right. Yeah, right. Like it's, it's, it's just, it's, I'm 44, so I'm turning 44 in July as well. Just okay, so, so same with you. And, you know, it's just watching the, the, it's just fun to hear the music and watch the, but, um, I mean, you, you succeeded in that environment, right? On the one hand, you succeeded and thrived, but maybe you're saying it, it wasn't quite that simple, right? Yes, it's not that simple. I think when people see that someone's achieved the Olympics or they get a college scholarship, they're standing on top of a podium, they make history, they become a professional athlete. They're smiling when the spotlight is on that they think, wow, it was all worth it. That person's happy and fulfilled. I stood on top of the Olympic podium very incomplete, not happy, and never ever thinking that I was good enough. And that's mm. the environment that I came from. It was a, it was full of a lot of tears, a lot of yelling, a lot of demeaning, a lot of being kicked out, um, walking in, never feeling as if I was good enough. Um, and this is not something that only happened to me. Um, it's something that a number of my teammates experience. And I know throughout our younger adult years, we used to kind of reminisce and laugh, but then internally be crying over what yeah. we went through. It's a trauma, right? I mean, it, I would say there's a significant amount of PTSD that a lot yeah. of gymnasts go through following their gymnastics careers. A lot of them are very committed to the sport of gymnastics and their identity is so wrapped up in being just a gymnast. If you watch the HBO special that Michael Phelps did with regards to his rigorous schedule and what he went through as a swimmer, you really, as an Olympian, and even an NCAA athlete like a gymnast, your focus 
is on training five to seven hours a day when you're a young person, a young person. Right. Um, I'm sure it's breaking some child labor laws if you ask me, because I really lived in the gym. My job was to train and try to get to the Olympic Games. Um, as you mentioned earlier, my parents were not very involved because um, they thought that this was truly where I wanted to be. And as a child, right. as a child, I, I love the sport of gymnastics. I wanted to be there. But as a parent, our children don't know what's best for them. What mm -hmm. they may think is good for them today may not be healthy for them in the long run. And so my parents did try to step in and intervene. Um, they did try to pull me out of the sport of gymnastics a number of times. However, I remember as a young person being like, this is all I know. This is all I am. You know, been I scary. can imagine life without it. It was very yeah. scary as a child. Um, yeah. And I look back now as a 44-year-old mother and I see what my parents saw that I did not see. And it was a very unhealthy environment. I was constantly crying. I always felt anxiety. And that's not something I want for my children. And that's not something that I want for, for the over a thousand kids that are part of my academy today. Right. Thankfully, there's a spotlight on this, not just with you. People are talking, athletes are speaking about their mental health. They're speaking about needing mindfulness practices, needing to engage with their body, listen to their body. I, yeah, go ahead. It's not just that. You need healthy yeah. coaches. Mm. You know, these are minors that are in the sport of gymnastics. The, you need coaches out there that truly care about the athletes, that recognize that their words leave a lifelong impact on the athletes, their tone, mm -hmm. their body language, their looks. I mean, the fact that I remember when you we would get ignored from our coaches, that hurt us more than anything. Yeah. Um, when I made this decision to open a gymnastics academy, I reached out to two positive coaches that I had throughout my career. They left um, in the earlier parts of my career. And I wanted to get advice because I was, I said, I want to bring in coaches more like you guys. Mm -hmm. And the bits of advice that I got was number one, hire people that are going to treat the kids in the gymnastics gym as if those kids are their own, number one. And then also you need happy and healthy coaches. You need coaches that are not just one dimensional. Right. Um, that are bitter and miserable and angry and take it out on kids and yell at kids. The only raising of voices that you hear in my academy here is us cheering kids on, um, right. encouraging them in a loving way. It is not right. about tearing a kid down to build them up. And that's what I went through as a child throughout my whole childhood. Yeah, that's such an important point to make, Dominique, that that the the mind can be torn down as much as the body. And we see physical injuries and we think, but at the point of physical injury, that's like way too late oftentimes. We're, we haven't been listening to ourselves and we haven't been, to your point, connecting developmentally in appropriate ways, right? You're saying kids need a holistic environment where they have options, where they have, where it's okay for them to, to say no to something. And then you engage with them and you talk to them. You, they have a voice, right? Yeah, it's um, okay. To, they just need to be, I don't know if you watched the documentary Athlete Day, and I think they said it best, and I've been repeating this often. The culture of gymnastics is full of a culture of fear, intimidation, and silence. I was constantly fearful and walking on eggshells. I constantly felt intimidated. You're not allowed to leave until you finish an assignment. Literally a level of enormous control that you're not allowed to leave the gym environment. And then also silence. You knew better than to speak up and tell your parents, or even others, what you were going through, because there would be ramifications when you would come back to the gym. And the worst was to be completely ignored. And I watched a number of my teammates get ignored, cast aside, put in a group, and then just dismissed. And that's sad because it does leave a lifelong impact on that young person that they still struggle with when they're 20, 30, 40, and beyond. Right. 
Right. And, 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 and it's a vulnerable population, as we know from the things that have come to light about how this group that may be silenced can, can be conditioned to not report things that need to be reported, right? Something yes. weird's going on with this trainer or something, you know, like it, it, it cascades into so many other aspects. Um, so you're clearly making a difference. What, what has the response been from your peers and colleagues and, and, and other athletes? You know, one thing that one of my Olympic teammates um, told me is she said, and she opened a gym as well. And she said, Dom, I want you to know if you become outspoken, you open your own academy and you want to change the culture, you're going to lose a lot of friends. Mm. And I was like, what is she talking about? She knows what we went through better than anyone following the 1996. This Olympic teammate of mine was very outspoken, very honest. And none of us got her back because we were all too fearful. We didn't want to speak out. We felt guilty being honest. And we felt as if, well, she's betraying the sport. She's betraying her coaches, but she was being honest because she was going through a lot. We were too. It just took me decades later to do something about it. And she did tell me that advice of losing friends and what have you. And she's very right. She's completely right. When you speak out and you are trying to change something that has been the culture for so many decades and has led to dominance in the 90s, the 1996 Olympic Games, and then led to further dominance in at the 2012 Olympic Games in London and then 2016. And who knows, we might win again in 2021 in Tokyo, that people don't like change. And so I will just say this, there are a number of my teammates that don't care to speak to me anymore. Mm. And that's okay, because I truly believe in what I'm doing. I'm not trying to out one individual or one program just that I came from, I'm trying to overall change the culture of the sport, not only for my four kids that may do the sport of gymnastics, but for the generations of kids that love the sport of gymnastics and want to do it beyond. Because it's not okay the way that the sport of gymnastics has been. There shouldn't be this many tears. There shouldn't be this much fear. There shouldn't be this much intimidation. And kids should not be silent. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a sign of something that you're doing that's good if you get some resistance. It's 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 clear that you've got a passion for it and you know the direction that you're headed with this. Yeah. Do you ever get, I mean, do you get tired of people saying, uh, well, Dominique, and I imagine people say to you, tell us about the, it must have been amazing to bring us back to that time period, you know, the, the, the moments in your career. Do you, do you feel like you can still go there with people or do you feel like it's like, no, I've got to do this chapter and it sounds like you've even got a book somewhere and, and this is this sounds oh, like a, a it's great not, book. It's not gonna work. <laughs> Please take the time now to subscribe to The Soul of Life wherever you're listening. Give it a thumbs up or write a positive review. That's the best way to make sure you don't miss out on these amazing episodes planned for season two. <laughs> you know, I like going back there because you can learn from your past. And when I was asked to do a book back in the 90s after the 96 Olympic Games, and I know my teammates did a book, I always said to myself and to others, I don't see myself doing a book until later on in life because I know I will have an overall perspective of what I went through. I felt as if I had a limited um, amount of maturity at that time and in a limited view. And I think now being a wife and a mother of four and now a business owner, I have a much more comprehensive and broad perspective of my journey from six years old in the sport of gymnastics to will I am be, you know, 44 years old as I am today. And so I think there is a book in, in me. Um, I just don't have time for one right now. Um, but I don't mind going back and reminiscing um, about the 92 Olympics, the 96 Olympics or 2000 Olympics while there was, you know, a great deal of joy and pain at both of those, all of those Olympic games. Um, it's always good to share those, those fun stories. 
Yeah, uh, I can imagine. And you had so many moments that people remember, uh, and I remember watching you and, and just amazement just at this, the, the art and the beauty of it. But it's clearly, it comes with, like, as you say, it comes with a cost and there's a human side of this. I think we all, all of us can relate to struggling with perfection of some kind. And I've always, uh, in my, in my journey, struggling now with depression of, of all things for me, people, uh, of, of, of all people, tr- of someone who has treated depression, it's hard for me to get on the other side of the couch as a, as a treatment provider, yeah. realizing that these things play a role in, uh, in our mental landscape, the weather patterns of our mind, right? Yeah. Um, but I, I remember just seeing, you know, even my, my son and I were watching um, it, the Olympic uh, skiing where they're doing all these, Aerial? you know, oh. it's a 70 degree pitch that they're hitting at 40 miles an hour. And <laughs> you know that there is, there is, there is okay. a death defying aspect that they could land wrong and, and kill themselves. Yeah. And and yet that's not being spoken about. Or we could talk about uh, wrestling. We could talk about other sports where you are putting the body in a position either over a long period of time or over a, a, a close period of time. Mm-hmm. It's not really meant to be in. Yeah. Right. And so it, it just seems, sounds like you're you're. It's such a breath of fresh air to hear you speak about this holistic mindset, uh, especially somebody at your level of performance. Um, do you ever deal with the other end of the spectrum for parents? I imagine like that you, you hear this and see this too, the helicopter parents, parents who are too involved, parents who are afraid their kids are going to get hurt. They won't actually push them and say, no, just go do it. You're going to do it. You're going to do it. Yeah. You know, right now my program is primarily a recreational program. Right now I'm sitting, I'm standing in my preschool gymnastics gym and I always tell people, this is my favorite part of my gym facilities because this is many kids' first introduction to the sport of gymnastics. It's fun. It's engaging. They're learning the fundamentals. Believe it or not, they're even doing gymnastics in here at the age of one years old, two, three, four, five, and beyond. Uh, I also have a ninja space and then I have a recreational gymnastics gym. Now, to answer your question with regards to helicopter parents, I do not have a competitive team right now by choice. When I when I was going to open my doors, I was going to have a competitive team. I got so many emails in the beginning from families that wanted to relocate from out of state, bring their whole family, put wow. that kind of pressure on their children to come here and train at Dominic Dawes's Gymnastics Academy. I right away was like, please do not do that. Like, that's not, I don't want to add that level of pressure mm-hmm. to your young child, your daughter, because it would only be a, a women's gymnastics program that we will eventually build. Because of COVID, we had to slow down the development of a competitive team because we've been restricted with numbers in the Montgomery County area. It has now been almost a year that we've been open. We continue to get emails and calls from local um, competitive athletes and their families wanting to come here, but we're just not quite there yet because I want to make sure that we're building this healthy culture, that we are maintaining the philosophy that is very important to me and will be very healthy for those that are a part of my program. So in due time, we will open the doors for a competitive program, but we need to make sure first and foremost that the families are on board with our philosophy because no matter how much someone will say that they are in an unhealthy environment, we get those emails all the time where they're at a gym and their kid's constantly crying or constantly injured, has had multiple surgeries, is beat down emotionally. Many of those situations, the family will come over to a gym environment and want to bring that same unhealthy environment 
to their next gym. And I want to make sure that that isn't done. And so to be able to do that, I have to be very um, strategic and probably slow with regards to building that competitive program. So we will start with the lower level team yep. um, and we will build from there. And I will say we have a, a cute little group um, that's ages five to about eight years old. And you see the potential that they have in maybe competing. If they want to, great. If not, you know, I think the sport of gymnastics is a beautiful sport where they can really build that strong foundation and it can help them in soccer and tennis and golf, whatever other sport they choose, it can help them in the long run. And so that's what we're, that's what our focus is right now. Right. It, it sounds like you're, you're doing it, the building block approach and setting the bar where you want to set it and make sure that you're, the tail doesn't wag the dog at a certain point. Okay, that's a good point. Good analogy. <laughs> right. you're, you're leading. I mean, um, you're, you've been credited for being a wonderful role model to not just everybody uh, in, in sports, but especially girls, thousands and thousands of young girls, especially inspirational for African-American girls. Um, you've served on President Obama's President's Council on Fitness and Sports and Nutrition. Um, I'm reading a book right now by a, a fellow social worker. We're, li we're living in these challenging times, right? And I'm a psychotherapist. I'm a trauma therapist. And this book okay. I'm reading is called My Grandmother's Hands, Racialized Trauma and the Pathways to Mending Our Bodies by Risma Menkenem. I highly recommend it. And it's just, he talks about calling people to be in conversation with their bodies, to get in touch with the burdens that our bodies carry not just from the events that we've gone through in, in this life, but sometimes even the, the legacy burdens of our, of our ancestors, what my white body carries with me and, and how that may affect me. Do you speak on the, on the subject of race and, and ethnicity? And has that been a topic that you've spoken about? Just recently, I did an interview, um, a part of, I believe it was called Black Excellence, and speaking out about how a number of African-American athletes have been utilizing their voice. I love it. I think the Me Too movement really got things going and allowing more so women uh, to speak out and their voices being heard. And then from the Me Too movement um, in 2016, everything broke out with regards to Larry Nassar, who's the Olympic team doctor. He was my Olympic team doctor in 96, as well as at the 2000 Olympics. And I knew him for nearly 10 years of my childhood. And so the hundreds of survivors that spoke out about the years or years of sexual abuse um, that he violated those women, their voices were heard. And I think that's why we are where we're at today with regards to um, changing the culture in the sport of gymnastics because, you know, the floodgates broke and then uh, gymnasts across the globe have been speaking out about their stories, not necessarily solely sexual abuse, but physical, verbal, emotional, mental abuse that they went through for years and years at the hands of their coaches, at their home gyms. And so I've really tried to be a part of that movement. And I think the biggest way for me to make a lasting impact is to create academies. And my first one's in Clarksburg. I would love to get to my hometown in Silver Spring, Maryland. That would be a dream come true to me. And in, I believe it's 2022, there's supposed to be a statue um, erected of me. And I would love to be able wow. to kick off a, well, actually 2022 uh, statue erected of me in the Silver Spring area. And I really hope that helps plant the seed of finding a gymnastics academy in that area so I can change the lives of the young girls there by planting these positive seeds through sports. Right, right. It, it really sounds like you're you're creating the the leadership for other people to follow in your footsteps and to, and to come along. I didn't realize that you were um, part of that 
uh, era with Larry Nassar. I didn't realize that that had impacted you as well, yeah. but it's, it sounds like you've had to deal with, with just about everything. Right? Yeah. I mean, I would say after, after everything broke in 2016, I got advice from an agent at that time to not speak up. And I remember thinking, why wouldn't I speak up? And he had said and made it point blank, they will find skeletons in your closet. And again, that's why I brought up Athlete ADU. I would say to watch that documentary um, because it really shows with shares with people um, the fear that a lot of athletes feel with regards to USA Gymnastics, that if you speak out and speak up truthfully, they will try to damage your reputation, which is what they did with one of my Olympic teammates. Right. Blaming the victim, right? I was very fearful of that. And so um, I didn't speak up, but I did do an interview. And I remember saying to the reporter, the reporter had asked, how did you know he get away with this or what have you? And all I said was the culture. The culture is full of so much abuse, not only sexual abuse, but physical, verbal, and mental abuse. And so for those athletes such as myself, when you're feeling uncomfortable, a high level of anxiety on a daily basis... When an athlete then experiences another level of abuse and they're always, they've been taught to be silent, to not yeah. speak up to anyone, they just think it's just, it, they almost said something maybe wrong that they did and they don't speak up about it. And so, um, you know, in 2016, when it came out, um, I started speaking out a little bit more um, in an interview. And then I shared with my husband who was someone that was very much outside the bubble of gymnastics. That's a problem in our sport is that we share everything within our bubble. And Mm -hmm. so no one really thinks it's wrong because everyone went through similar experiences. And then when you start sharing things outside of your bubble, and I shared it with my husband, he's like, that's abuse. You Mm -hmm. were treated that way at eight years old, 12 years old, 14 years old, the level of you know, threats and what have you. He was like, that's that's abuse and kids should not be treated that way. And right. so that's when I started feeling more and more compelled um, to be a part of change. And I feel as if the best way that I could be a part of this change is to open academies in my hometown. Fantastic. You can see I'm looking at my um, three kids that are running around. I have four, <laughs> one's at school um, and my husband brings the kids in. The cool thing about this gym, I will say this, Keith, is it's a family business. It is truly a family business. My husband and I own 100% of it. We are here, not 24-7. I let people know I don't want to live at the gym because I will lose my marriage and I'll lose (laughs) quality time with my kids. I'm not a coach. I have jumped on the floor on a few occasions, um, but I love the fact that this truly is a family affair and that's what makes this so fulfilling and that's what really um, you know, motivates me each and every day because I know that we have the ability to impact and change lives you know, with yeah. each other. Yeah, I, I, I imagine and I've, I've heard people are just stunned. They, they will run into you and they're like, I can't believe I'm talking to Dominique Dodds. And it's like, you're, they just describe you so down to earth and what you're saying well, just resonates from what other people are saying about well, It's funny because they, 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 well, they see me look really busted. Like this is really good for right now. Um, <laughs> I normally look like a mom of four, which we should look like not so great. And I'm constantly sleep deprived. And so they see me, I'll do tours. We're all wearing masks. Of course, there's no one in right now. Yeah. Um, but we're wearing masks and they don't know who I am. And then yeah. at the end, some will be like, are you Dominique? And that's my picture right. on the wall. And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. You know, and you yeah. know, so I'm just, you know, I'm just a normal person. I think they realize that very quickly. Yeah. Oh, I, I imagine it must, the, the weight of the publicity, I mean, back, I think it was, was it age 11 for you when it really, you really first started getting media, national media attention. Yeah. I just can't imagine the weight of that. And I've heard other 
uh, people describe this, that, that their life sometimes is, is almost over in a sense, because like you said, it's, it becomes a bubble of, of fame and, and popularity, especially now with social media. It's like you oh. can't get away from. So it sounds like you've made it work for you. You've just, you're just being yourself, connecting with people. And also like, I mean, are you still doing, are you, do you feel like you're pulled in a lot of directions with public speaking engagements? Do people want you to show up? You're doing this thing with LeBron James, ex- executive producing, uh, an episode that's coming out on Peacock about the 2021 U.S. team. Yes, called Golden. I'm excited to be a part of this. When they approached me, Spring Hill Productions approached me last year, I was very excited to have an opportunity to follow these Olympic hopefuls. There's a number of athletes that didn't think they were going to have an opportunity to train for the 2021 Olympic Games because it was supposed to happen in 2020. And then also you have the likes of Lori Hernandez, who's a veteran who's been to the Olympics, won a gold medal, and has a high level of expectations and pressure put upon her. And so when I was approached with this project, I was thrilled because I really like the fact that we have um, we have coverage um, behind the scenes that we can truly show what's going on uh, in their journey to go to the Olympic Games, and that's really what a lot of fans have not been able to see. Um, that you know, it's not just about getting on the podium, but it's the journey that gets there, uh, that it takes to get there. And not every athlete will make it. And so to team up with the likes of LeBron James or Maverick Carter with um, Uninterrupted is is a dream come true. It'll be a very fun thing. But I'm also excited um, to be minority owner of the Washington Spirit, the women's professional soccer team here. While I love gymnastics in Ninja, I've always wanted to get my kids in the sport of soccer. And I thought this would be a phenomenal way to do it. But more importantly, our values really do align. It's all about empowering young girls, young boys, and young women um, to recognize that we are um, more, that, more than just athletes. And so we've already gone to one game as a family and we look forward to really supporting them the rest of the season. Washington Spirit's very fun to, to go to. We've gone to many of those games as well. Um, the series you're talking about is called Golden, the Journey of USA's Elite Gymnasts. It's going to be on Peacock, as you mentioned. Um, yep. Are you excited about watching the U.S. team compete? I am. I'm, I mean, I'm a fan of the sport of gymnastics. Sadly, it's more so during the Olympic years. Um, but I'm very excited to to watch all of these young athletes. Of course, Simone Biles will dominate and um, if she's healthy. And then it's the the question is who are the other young girls that are going to make up this team that is more than likely going to win gold again? And so um, it's exciting to see footage of them behind the scenes, um, training with their coaches, at home with their parents, dealing with as you mentioned earlier the pressures of social media. I could not imagine being an athlete today. I'm yes, I'm a little bit of a brand, but I'm not out there. 24-7 and needing to connect with the hundreds of thousands of fans that these young girls have, if not millions. Um, and I really do hope that they're still able to stay focused and and recognize, you know, the job at hand, not just about making the Olympics and making history, but more importantly, um, pursuing, you know, the sport that they're so passionate about and recognizing that their words and their actions truly do plant a seed in the lives of every young girl and young boy that look up to them. Right, right. And you just reminded me, if we can go back to coaching for a minute, I've really admired some of the coaches of like NCAA athletics who've, who've realized that they're coaching. These are, these are children, right? They're teenagers. And so they're, they're young men and young women on these, on these nationally recognized teams. And, and many of them, some of them are superstars, right? Nationally. And, and their people are betting money on these, some of these names, right? It's at that level. And yeah. I've really admired how they've said, listen, you're going to shut your phones off at practice. Your, your phones are not coming to the games. They've had some of this sort of mindset, you know, shaping, teaching 
they're the, 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 these kids, they're, they're the coaches in the role of teacher. Yep. Um, not just like, we're going to just get you to the finish line and just, and just ride this thing, you know? Yeah. Really admire that. Um, do you, if, when you're by yourself in the gym, do you, is there any one routine that you'll do or any, any, uh, moves that you still just love to pull off? I wish that was the case. Absolutely not. I mean, I, I will say when I first stepped into my gym environment, it really did feel quite different for me. Um, and I thought there was something wrong with my academy. When I walked in, I was like, Oh, it feels so clean and peaceful and uplifting. And then I stepped out and I was like, wait, it's because I'm used to a different environment. I stepped back in and I was like, Oh, I could just breathe a sigh of relief. And I feel that each and every time I, I step into the gymnastics gym, but I can do the basic moves still, like a front flip, a back flip, or what have you. I do not have any uh, desire to do much more. I think I'm too smart up here that I know that you know my body might take a take a wrong right. a wrong landing, and I might be you know limping for some time, and I don't want to do that. Right. Well, certainly uh, a, a sign that you you have wisdom and experience <laughs> and and a lot of heart as well. I just want to applaud you and, and encourage people to find out about you and your academy. Is there anything else you want people to? find out about? Sure. I would encourage people to go to our website, which is DominiqueDawesGymnasticsAcademy.com. Take a look at our virtual tour. Also, give us a call and you can even show up and come observe a couple of classes. You can even go on a tour. And we even do free evaluations for many athletes that aren't certain where they need to be placed in classes. Uh, the biggest thing is, is just everyone that walks through our doors matters. They feel that encouragement. They feel that empowerment. It's not just about gymnastics and it's not just about ninja. And ninja is a big part of our program too. It's a up and coming sport. It's a competitive sport. And there was even talk about it becoming an Olympic sport which is pretty exciting. So come check us out. We'd love to see you. Can you say one thing about how Ninja is, is different or how would you describe it for somebody that is um, never heard of that? Yes. Well, our Ninja program, if anyone's ever seen American Ninja Warrior, it's very similar to that. There's a great deal of obstacles working on a great deal of upper body strength, balance, strength, coordination, you name it. Kids are even working on their cardiovascular system as well. It's an hour-long class for the most part. Um, it's fun. It's very much like an indoor playground, but yet they are working on some fundamentals that'll help them in any sport that they're pursuing. If they're a baseball player, lacrosse player, basketball player, uh, swimmer even, I would encourage ninja training because ninja is really helping them work on their strength, their conditioning, their body control in a fun way. Right. Very cool. So much yeah. of what you're doing. I'm so impressed. Dominique Dawes, thank you so much for being with me today. Great. Thank you so much, Keith. I appreciate it. Hey, I've started a community for Soul of Life fans interested in talking about episodes or getting more information about some of my teaching on IFS, mindfulness, and relationship growth. Head on over to community.souloflifeshow to get access to this group of really cool people just like you who care about the show and want to talk about episodes or, or hear more, get access to courses, and, and support each other through life. That's what this is all about. Please leave an iTunes rating for the show and subscribe now wherever you listen to get more soul in your life. I like it and it's not harsh to my eardrum. All right, I will go.